Hey, everybody. This is Adam, co-host of the podcast you're about to listen to. Just a heads up, this episode was initially recorded way back in 2017, or maybe it was 2018, depending on the episode you're listening to. Who knows? But in case you're wondering what the hell is going on, what we're doing here at Pretty Scary and Conspiracy the Show is releasing some of the back episodes that we've been sitting on for the past couple years that used to be Patreon only. Sure, the stuff you're about to hear about is a couple years old, but the episode's new to you if you've been listening for free. If you want to hear new episodes of Pretty Scary and Conspiracy the Show, subscribe on Patreon. There will be two new episodes every single month of both of those shows, and you get bonus episodes of all the other podcasts that I co-host and a bunch of other good stuff for just $5 a month. It's the only place to hear new episodes of Pretty Scary and Conspiracy the Show. That said, maybe you can't afford to subscribe. Maybe you don't want to give me money. Maybe you can afford it and just don't want to. Hey, that's fine. I understand. For you, we'll still be putting out episodes you haven't heard before. They'll just be some of the older episodes from the early Patreon days and the early ConnectPal days. Anyone remember that? I certainly don't. Anyway, patreon.com slash unpops for new episodes of Pretty Scary and Conspiracy the Show, bonus episodes of all the podcasts I co-host, and lots of other stuff. Give us more money. We'll send you a birthday card or something. Anyway, let's get to the show. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpavin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Connor McSpadden. And we have a guest today. You do. What's your name? I'm Travis fucking Clark. Travis fucking Clark from the Heart Shape Pod podcast. And others. And others. They said, they released. They said, in, <laughs> they said Infinity War was the most ambitious crossover event of all time. That was until they came to Courtney Love half a month on Conspiracy of the Show. We are talking about Courtney you know, Travis's Love. contract is up, so people think he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> people have been thinking that for a while. Yeah. How, yeah. Many, how many more movies are we going to put Travis Clark in? <laughs> very few. Very, very few. Have you ever been in a movie? You, you do a, a bit of acting. Yeah, I've been in a couple. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, uh, what's your, what role do you feel like has been your, uh, your favorite? The one uh, that you Probably you the, uh, when I played Travis, the uh, grunge rocker in... Uh, uh, punching the clown. Oh, okay. that doesn't yeah. fit. Yeah, yeah. Way to way to get outside your comfort yeah. zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I like w- when Al Jackson played Al Jackson <laughs> on uh, whatever that Australian comic show is. I'm playing a uh, Connor, the suicidal podcast host in the new <laughs> Zach Braff shit. project. Holy crap! That's Did you see the Zach Braff like TV show about him starting a podcast? Oh, Jesus! It's Christ. it's called like Zach Incorporated or some dumb shit like that, or Alex Incorporated, and it's about he quits his job to become a podcaster and he starts a <laughs> podcast network. It's episode, like, two, got- it's episode two. It's episode to him begging for his job back. 
<laughs> I'm like, dude, god damn it. Fucking stay out. I mean, I uh, stop representing me in media. I'm trying to be a cool underground art guy, and then uh, now it's lame. Thank you. You've Big Bang Theory to my dream. <laughs> oh, fucking Zach Braff. So I, I love Scrubs. I, I, got, I, I, liked, I had no problem with Zach Braff until this I happened. I liked Here's the Garden pro- State right. a lot, Here's too. the problem Me with Zach too, Braff. Yeah. Zach Braff made a very zeitgeisty movie 14 years ago and then uh, has assumed that that's what he can do now for anything. He can just show up, be like, I'm Zach Braff. Support me on Patreon. And everyone's like, you're famous. Fuck you. Yeah, don't you yeah. fucking dare support him on Patreon. Yeah, you are banned. We will, yeah. do, we will check. If you're supporting Alex Inc. on Patreon, you're out. Yeah. I uh I fucking saw uh that someone on Twitter made a a robot that wrote an episode of Scrubs based on all the other scripts and then uh Zach Braff did like a reading of it and I was like well what a neat thing to do that's nice that he took the time to read that and yeah. play it for everybody and then I was I quickly had to rebuff my support of the man after his uh podcasting TV show yeah that is insane but my guess is that that Twitter bot script was for people who subscribed and uh you know put money into a Kickstarter like oh sweet I get to go sit in a fucking Room with Zach Braff. What a what a bonus. That would be exciting. What? Yeah, I mean, I think no. he'd be a nice cat to talk to. I never I never get any kind of like shitty Hollywood vibe from him, really. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? I feel like he's kind of like the comedy actor Keanu Reeves. Like I feel like he's got a little bit of sadness behind the eyes. <laughs> you know? Could be. Speaking of sadness behind the eyes. Hi, everybody. Hey. I'm guesting on the show. <laughs> oh, were well, you talking about something? I was, <laughs> I was talking about the show. I was, I was trying to get, do an Adam Kurt Cobain segue. Oh, wow. We are I'm, talking about my favorite, no, not my favorite conspiracy theory, especially not since we covered uh, if Elvis faked his death a few weeks ago. Yeah, That's we're now my favorite. We are, we are Elvis if, truthers. It'd be really weird if he faked his death a few weeks ago. We'd be like, <laughs> wait, all this time? I've been alive this whole time, man. But, uh, oh, not feeling so good. My stuff just doesn't chart. <laughs> now, how great would it be if you found out Elvis was writing, like, Extantation songs and shit? Like, that was his thing now? He was just like, yeah, you, you know, uh, you know, fucking uh, Black Beatles by Ray Sram? That was me. I, I, wrote, I ghost wrote that. Actually, literally as a ghost. I'd love it if Elvis was like, I really got into coding. I made this Twitter bot that wrote a Scrubs episode. <laughs> We're talking about who killed Kurt Cobain. Uh, by the way, I uh, for I I, uh, I have my priorities in life correct. I, sure, uh, I skipped therapy today so we could do this. Oh, so, good. Yeah, yeah it seems like the right move, right? Well, this yeah. we're doing we're doing two. Ep- Are you going to stay for the second? I'm episode? staying for all of it. So we're doing two episodes actually. Right. So Travis will be here for the next two weeks. This episode we're talking about who killed Kurt Cobain, and then- it was me. Bye. And then- you, you kill, just mu- much like how Puffy killed Biggie so he could continue to own all the music, you killed Kurt Cobain so years later you could do a podcast about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a long con, but it's worth it. I yeah. It's working yeah. out. Yeah. And then next week we're talking about the insane theory that Courtney Love is basically a CIA operative who infiltrates upstart music scenes to cause chaos and get everyone hooked on drugs. Uh, yeah. Sounds crazy when I say it. And then it's crazier when you hear the actual support <laughs> that supports all of it. It's yeah, fucking man. nuts. I'm always I'm always reticent to to call any kind of woman in the public sphere, you know, a a murderer or or a or a shyster, but it's like, man, dude, I, something's going on but here. But it's it's also it's Courtney Love, you know, like, yeah. you know, there's not she's not I'm she sure doesn't get the same protections yeah. as the rest <laughs> <She> of us. <laughs> no. And she should have her own school. 
What? I don't know. <laughs> Does she have a school? Does she start like Kurt, the Courtney Love Academy and, <laughs> you know, like uh, well, you know, El Salvador or something? When we get into that shit, she might have a fucking trained operative base camp somewhere where she's, she's grooming young women. Possible. Yeah. But first, let's let's this week we're going to talk about the Kurt Cobain suicide or death. Seems weird to take these out of order instead of going with Courtney Love's history building up to this first. Well, we should got to go with the event and then what led to the event. I, I think it's in order. Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're pulp fictioning this thing. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the Memento podcast. Yeah. So if Kurt you, Cobain dies. We if start you listen there. to these backwards, it's in the right order. Yeah. And then it and then it plays a message from the devil, <laughs> who is also Kurt Cobain. I think it's Zach Braff. I think it's what I like. Dude, that would be if I if I could ever like get a thing where I had someone play the devil, it would be Zach Braff <laughs> because Glenn Danzig is not going to do it, and that is my first choice. <laughs> he would be the best choice. So most of the information from this episode comes from the website CobainCase.com. Uh, fun fact, that is the website run by Tom Grant, who is the private investigator who has been doggedly researching this case uh, since 1990, since literally a few days before Kurt Cobain died. He's the one who has not gotten over grunge the most. Yeah, yeah. He's really feeling it. And I mean, it's always 1994 to Tom Grant. Right? Yeah, it seems that way. He's really excited about the Sonic Youth remaster of Goo. <laughs> you know, he's... <laughs> He back in the day, you could buy a Kurt Cobain conspiracy case file from his website, which was a book that he printed out with one of those clear plastic covers with like the plastic oh, rings sure. on the side. The oh, Kinko yeah. special, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he would autograph it for you. Which, come on, yeah, because you know, a private investigators look, fucking man, autograph. Yeah, you're like, I just want justice, <laughs> but for an extra five dollars. He's just everybody like I got some fans, man. They want some signed shit, you know. That is, that is kind of like big Grant heads out there who want some stuff. Whenever me and Keith Carey go on the road, we always end up listening to the Alex Jones show, and he'll he'll be going in this big tirade about like what anti-Semitism really is and globalism and blah blah blah. And then be like, and that's why if you keep buying the toothpaste, we'll be able to keep the anti-media machine running smoothly, and we can expose the the lizard goblins, and then we can bring truth to America. It's all about America, you know. And you're just Holy like, shit. wait. So all of this was for toothpaste. Yep. You know, it's, that was that's the end game here. I, I need to listen to more Alex Jones. Nope. Given how much I nope. do listen nope. to talk about conspiracies. Listen to any episode. I just always just whatever episode of the show is on that day, I'll, I'll throw it on when we're in the car. And it's always the great. It's every episode is like you see those highlight reels of like Alex Jones meltdown. Every single one is that they're that it's that every week. And it's so good. And Connor fucking nailed it. Like, just call up Connor and just be like. Give me the rundown, and he'll, it'll sound just like the show. Connor, Connor has a long history of wrecking his voice on this podcast. Doing <laughs> oh yeah, Alex I do. Jones. I just haven't. I haven't felt. In, I haven't done him in a while. I haven't. I, I'm just like I've run. I, really, any impression that I do is like twelve words, and then I just kind of like mumble in between them. So it's just like <laughs> globalists, toothpaste, infowars. Yeah. Shop. Liberals, and does you know, he, does he have like a Hillary, does, does and he then have that's a protein powder he hucks too. You got damn right, I have a protein powder. <laughs> it's made out of the bones of 100% Native American warrior kings. It's available right now on InfoWarsLife.shop. 
And this is the smoothing tasting curse that you will ever imbibe. Now, I'm telling you, you would be a fool not to take advantage of our uh, one-time sale offer that's been going for three years consecutively. $29.99 gets you one gallon drum of my Native American bone powder, and you will be ripped to shreds just like Hillary's emails after you drink a little bit of this in your morning coffee. All right, now back to the show. Demon Alex Jones, everybody. Oh, yeah, my God. <laughs> it's always... There's the, my favorite one is he does a coffee ad. And uh, uh, now we've been... And there's like a, there's like spooky jungle sounds going on in the background. Like, yeah. Caw, caw, <laughs> you know? And he's like, now we've been able to secure a supply of shade-grown Arabica beans. Now head on over to InfoWarsShop.life and pick up a bag or two, and I think you won't be disappointed. We've been going through back-channel negotiations with El Salvadorian farmers for decades, trying to get a stash of these special beans. It's my favorite, and I'm sure it's going to be your favorite. And he's like, he's like a good... Like ad read guy, like yeah. you, you listen to radio podcast even where just, someone will just be like, uh, "Are your underwear bad? Uh, you get this underwear; they're better, you know." But he, re- I'm just, and I'm like shade grown arabica beans. I, I was like, man, that that sounds pretty good. I don't know what any of those things mean, but I mean that sounds pretty. That sounds How like do a they coffee. Even grow them in shade. That's well, amazing. I mean, that's the secrets of the natives, you know. Coffee beans only grow in shade, so you can't grow them in the sun. They would burn. Can you really? Oh, is that really how it works? true. Yeah. Listen, I know, oh, I know Travis is wearing coffee. glasses today. I know today. a little bit about coffee. Dude, they fucking, he just, he, it's like all other coffee, but the fact that he said shade grown makes me go, oh, this must be special <laughs> nope. coffee that'll that give me the energy to coffee? expose yep. tyranny. <laughs> nope. Totally just some bullshit. Well, I guess we're talking about a different conspiracy yeah. today. Yeah. The shade grown coffee conspiracy. <laughs> Maybe I think it's just shady coffee. Right, just like not that great a coffee. It's uh, just grown by a drag queen who's <laughs> yeah. just like sashay away. Hey, there's some coffee over here. That's my so, drag queen, I guess. I don't know what that, that was. That was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't great, but I think you, you took a swing, and I think that's okay. I'm not going to. A swing, and you better call it miss, uh, is yeah. what I did. So I should point out just for the sake of. Putting it all on the table. I did buy one of those Cobain case manuals. What? Dude, hell yeah, man. I don't have it anymore. I will do it. But I did buy one. And all I got Adam for his birthday was a pack of parliaments. I should have gotten them. Yeah, it's my I've I've had a really made the right choice. On brand birthday so far. I've gotten two gifts. One was a very expensive box of cigars for my girlfriend, and another was a pack of cigarettes from Connor McSpadden. Oh, nice. I'm into it. Now I just need someone to bring me weed. I gave you a hug. That was great yeah, too. That was nice. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah, the uh, the it's cigars, like the expensive cigars of <laughs> body contact. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is Travis smells. Looks like he smells like a cigar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easily, easily. So the thing about the Cobain case website is Tom Grant has since taken all of the information off of it and put it in an old timey book that you have to pay money to read. And if anyone's ever listened to Heart Shape Pod, you know. Eh, not so into reading books for these podcasts. Well, it depends on who brings us <laughs> we'll the book. We'll get to yeah, it We'll someday. get to it. But uh, Everybody Loves Our Murder. That was the <laughs> book that he's been... So a lot of this also comes from the book Drugs as a Weapon Against Us, which I've been threatening to do episodes about ever since I discovered it. Yeah. It is a fantastic read. It's about nine million pages long, <laughs> and it's just about the CIA's alleged history of using musicians and entertainment to sell drugs and it's quite a read and that's all tom grant no 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 no. uh drugs as a weapon against us is written by 
John L. Potash? Is that his name? Old John L. Potash. Drugs as weapons against us. The CIA's murderous targeting of SDS, Panthers, Hendricks, Lennon, Cobain, Tupac, and other leftists. Like you, Connor. Oh, what? <laughs> Me? Reading this book, like, I'm. it's my birthday, so I'm drinking a beer while we record... But also reading this book. I guess every day is your birthday. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. Adam, Adam is 800 years old. <laughs> but I'm also, like, if you read this book, I kind of feel like I have to keep pushing weed and alcohol on people just to stay safe from the CIA. Yeah. Because oh, once, you, once you start going, no, let's scale back the drugs a little bit. I mean, if I don't keep romanticizing send- my Zoloft lifestyle, <laughs> then the government's going to swoop in and take exactly. my Patreon money away. It's entirely possible you both are shadow agents and not even aware of it. I've always wanted to be a shadow agent. That would be agent. so dope. Yeah. <laughs> right? The only thing that would be better is if I was aware of it. That would be cool, too. So, like, the born legacy, but it's just alcohol. <laughs> it's just yeah. booze and weed. Agents only grow in shadows, Travis. <laughs> I thought you fucking knew that. These are shade-grown dissidents used to overthrow the most. <laughs> so, let's talk about Kurt Cobain. <sighs> the first You need a populist uprising that won't cut out when you need it to. <laughs> shade-grown Arabian dissidents. We've been doing back channel deals with the CIA. <laughs> it was just like, like, he, like, he, like Alex Jones in this ad is wearing a Panama hat and crouching in a jungle, you know, while he's like, like wearing like an eight button unbuttoned mailman shirt. Just like, I've been able to finally secure the shade grown Arabica beans. So let's, one of the interesting things that this book and Tom Grant's book brings up is that it's very possible that when Kurt Cobain died, it was not the first attempt to kill him. Yeah. There's an interesting story. Apparently on May 2nd, 1993, Kurt overdosed on heroin. Accidentally. Accidentally. Oh, good thing I did air quotes. That worked. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. And Courtney Love in an interview said that after this happened, she gave him buprenorphine uh, to help provide... Buprenorphine. The best for overdosing of the drugs. And it is. It's a drug for treating opioid addiction. And so wasn't that, he in Italy when he overdosed? I think no, this, this had, was a different oh, one. This is a, oh, sorry. Yeah. I, thought <laughs> this, I know there's one where he tried to overdose or he just did a shitload of heroin after Courtney like joked about cheating on him. I've heard that before oh, from, a, from a Courtney Love interview. Jesus. Yeah, that's, uh, that's probably from the, what was the other HBO documentary? Was it called? Soaked in Bleach? No, Soaked in Bleach is the one well, there's about the, one the that, murder. that they put out. Montage of Heck. Yeah, that was uh, so good. And I think that's where that's... Because Courtney Love spins a really different story of Kurt Cobain's last... Hold on. There's, I forget, forget, I forget. trying to tell me that Courtney Love has a different opinion <laughs> that puts her in the center and paints her in a good light? Crazy. I, I, I'm, I forget who said it, but someone was talking about a Montage of Heck, and it's like, yeah, all this uh, old footage of Courtney Love naked, and he's like, I would rather stare into the sun, <laughs> is a quote from somebody that was kind of Nirvana adjacent. I saw, I think it was in like an old issue of Maxim or something, but they did a thing where they had celebrities comment on photos, and there was a picture of Courtney Love holding a dude's face to her breast and like trying to put her tit in his mouth, uh-huh. mm-hmm. just like out in public. Sure. And exhibit of all people, his comment was exhibit, exhibit, pimp my rides. Yeah, exhibit? I heard you like fish tanks, so I put some fish <laughs> tanks in your Nissan exhibit. 
His comment was, I would rather have my shirt pulled over my head and be beaten with a lead pipe than to be in that man's position. Bitch, please, indeed. (laughs) Also, too, I didn't know Nissan made an exhibit. The (laughs) Nissan exhibit. Fun Connor McSpadden trivia. I did a clinical trial for the drug that they now use to stop people uh, overdosing from heroin, for which I was paid $2,400. And if you guys, uh, if if you need some good loser money, I highly recommend clinical trials. I know, a few, I know a few people who partake in clinical trials. Some of some of them make a good amount of money. Oh, oh yeah, and I, I wouldn't. I would still do them if I wasn't on uh, antidepressants. You can't be on any medication or do any drugs. Oh, how wow. long were you on this clinical trial? Uh, I did six overnight stays that were all separate from each other, and they just shot like what felt like it was like a, like a bunch of easy cheese into my butt cheek. Oh! And then I just kind of had to hang out. I slept in a room with a, a like a Russian guy that snored really, really loud, and then like an ex-con and like another nerd. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was not great. You know, it was cold. You had to have like a like a blood catheter in your arm. But I mean, it's a lot but of money. But also, that's four hundred dollars a day. Also, too, yeah. I love that you might have been the placebo, and it's like it really was easy cheese. Like they're just like, well, <laughs> no, you, you got you got both the placebo <laughs> and the real thing. Like someday you wouldn't know, but I mean, they'd be shooting stuff into your butt cheek. We got the control drew, uh, group. We call that the easy group. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can tell you why. I have learned that if you point your toes together, it relaxes your butt cheek muscle. So if you get a shot in your butt, point your toes together so it goes in easier. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Also, Kind if, of a fun fact. Uh, fun fact, if you have a catheter and a doctor tells you to wiggle your toes, he's about to pull it out. Ugh. And oh. he's trying to distract you. It was a blood catheter on my arm, well, not, had, a, not a dick uh, catheter. I had a dick catheter. <laughs> oh, and, dude, uh, my, my condolences, buddy. Yeah, it wasn't fun. So the... <laughs> The thing about this other heroin uh, <laughs> Back overdose. Back to death. <laughs> she, she said in an interview that she injected him with buprenorphine to... Wait, that's something you have to inject? Yeah. When she just walks around... Well, haven't pulp, you seen Pulp Fiction? I was just yeah. going to say, she just walks around Pulp Fiction that's style how, with one of those things? That's the opioid epidemic right now. People all over the country are injecting motherfuckers with but in uh, pulp naloxone, fiction, I think it's called. In Pulp Fiction, it was adrenaline. It wasn't yeah, you pull, yeah, but it's still it's it's still the same concept. You're still Jeez. so you. I mean, I, I imagine if you're like a responsible user, you carry around like an epipen of the stuff. You know, yeah, I would assume. And uh, yeah, Courtney Love, the but, responsible one. But the thing also is in that same interview, she said she also force fed him Valium and Tylenol with codeine. Yep. Which, if you're overdosing on opiates, those are the last two things. Like, you might as well pour whiskey down his throat. Yeah. The Valium is going to calm him down. That's but the Valium, Valium also... Valium is an opiate, isn't it? Yeah, Valium... Like, you're I not don't supposed think to, so. No, it is. You're is not it? supposed to... Or maybe to it's a muscle relaxer? Drink yeah, it's a muscle relaxer. Valium. You're not? No. no People no, no, do no. all the time. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I have, too. Yeah. Yeah. But it can, li- <laughs> like, it can literally stop If you're your on heart. volume, you should definitely have a drink or two. It makes it a lot have more Have you fun. ever wanted to feel super heavy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend who was mad at me for about three days after I told her I drank and took Valium at the same time. And she knew drugs. Mm. So, And you're like, dude, this cracked article about the world's craziest generals is not going to write itself. I need inspiration from my muse, Valium and exactly. Whiskey. I had a girlfriend for three years who drank and did Valium the whole time. So, you know. That's got to be like dating a beanbag chair. That sounds tough. <laughs> well, when she was awake, we did argue. But when she wasn't, we really got along well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So that's kind of suspicious that she fed him these other drugs while he's in the midst of an opioid. I'm really learning overdose. why we all like Nirvana right now because <laughs> I also dated a girl that did heavy opiates. <laughs> and then there's the Rome suicide attempt, which I think it's uh, uh, 
the sublime with Rome suicide? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see it in your. <laughs> I heard the word. I heard the S letter come off your lips, and I was like, "I'll do it." So it doesn't have to. I mean, I've built up a good amount of bomb credits with the whole Alex Jones thing. That was funny. Shade grown ibuprofen. All right, this is the premium product for stopping a drug overdose. My buddy Rush, who I won't <coughs> use his full name. <laughs> Connor's dying already. Oh my god, I love yeah, it so I get, much. Yeah, I get about two paragraphs uh, a day, and then it's. it's Imagine what real Alex Jones is like. He's what if I just wanted him to be like? I can't keep doing this voice. Why are you guys making me do this voice? Oh, well, I think another. real Alex Jones is Bill Hicks. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Bill Hader. Seems like it might be a Bill Hader character. Could be. Oh, yeah. dude, the yeah. best the best one ever is when he was like a. People are calling me racist. I'm down there hanging out with black people at the barbecue joint every day. They make the best <laughs> barbecue people. Shade grown barbecue. He was literally well, using, using barbecue as a defense of his, his ideals. Because if he said chicken, that would be racist. Yeah, yeah. That, that would yeah. be. So he went with the second most racist meat, <laughs> ribs. <laughs> so the, the thing about the Rome suicide attempt, the only person who really called that a suicide attempt was Courtney Love. His doctor, there's actually, we'll play this video. It's really short. But calling it an accidental overdose, isn't that the same thing as a suicide attempt? No, well, no, that'd be an intentional overdose. Yeah, what this guy says basically. Clearly and dramatically improving. Yesterday has been hospitalized at the Roma Medical Hospital in a state of deep coma and respiratory failure. Today he's recovering from the pharmacological coma due not to narcotics. But the combined effect of alcohol and tranquilizer that had been regularly prescribed by a doctor. Tranquilizer? It's, you don't know this part? It was rohypnol. Roofies are what Kurt Cobain overdosed on in Rome. And that doctor actually in the medical report says they were most likely crushed up and put in the champagne he was drinking. Oh, so he didn't know... Any of that. Business. That's if if you uh, in all of the books, all the Nirvana books that have been written, his reaction after that, when he wakes up in the hospital, he was just like allegedly furious with Courtney Love and like snatched his fucking uh, like IVs and shit out. And like she is the only person who called that a suicide attempt, which Ooh. is really interesting to me. Yeah, that is a uh, that's no good. And so this is the part in history where Kurt was depressed and suicidal the last month of his life. That's where the story, that that narrative comes from. Yeah. And if you watch all of the different, there's so many fucking documentaries about this. There's so many books. You do have people who are like, yeah, he was sad. Like he tried to kill himself. He was always sad. Right. But there are several people who say during this time, and especially on that European tour, that he wasn't using drugs. He wasn't like No, we watched those that was it in France that was kind of like a month yeah. before it. Like he looked amazing, sounded amazing, the band was together. Yeah, there those, was no fucking it was clear. He was there. Right. And that like his grandfather, Leland Cobain, who was uh apparently the family member he was closest to, he doesn't think Kurt Cobain was suicidal at the time. His friend Dylan Carlson said Kurt Cobain was not suicidal at the time. Pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. 
Because I mean, some of those like some of those European tour videos is like some of the best Nirvana videos. Oh to my watch. gosh! Oh yeah. yeah, this this these France. There was like a it was in like a, a TV studio. It's some of the best live performance I've ever seen them do. Oh yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they have a bootleg called Roma that I think was from their show in Rome, and mm-hmm. it's like the Nirvana bootleg. Like the sound quality is great, the show is great. He seemed to be in pretty, and also remember the stomach ailment. That he blamed Which on wasn't a real stomach ailment. his heroin. Right. It was eventually uh, diagnosed as a pinched nerve in his back. Right. And the pain was just like wrapping around to his stomach. So by this time, he had even sorted that out. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to deal with this because that would be that that have been kind of the impetus for most of the heroin use. Right. He he had by this time, by all accounts, stopped using heroin because they had diagnosed his stomach ailment, and he was taking medication for it that took care of it jesus and it gets weirder on march 18th which was after he was back in seattle after the suicide attempt in rome what are we 93 or 94 now this is 94 this yeah. march 18th this is right before he dies yeah. this is the weeks before he dies it's like 24 years ago on march 18th the police were called to the cobain's home and courtney love said kurt cobain one had a shotgun and two was barricaded in a room threatening to kill himself. The police get there. Kurt Cobain does not have a gun, just like the song says. And they, he tells the police he was hiding in the room to get away from Courtney. And what? she, in that same police report, admits that she didn't ever see him with a gun, and he, he never said he was going to kill himself. Wow. He was trying to get away from Courtney. So she's like, just kind of uh, like planting seeds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. It's 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 pretty fucking weird. Yeah. So yeah, when they they arrived around this time, Courtney tells everyone that uh, she saw Richard Gere with a gerbil. You know, like she's just like <laughs> trying to like create these like rumors so that it sort of makes the uh, makes Kurt the final... had to have his stomach pumped. Yeah. It was weird. I heard Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> there was a... semen yeah. in there. He was going. She was going around saying Jamie Lee Curtis really had a dick. <laughs> she was really a. I believe that. Yeah, that might be true. Yeah. So, nevertheless, the police confiscate all the guns in the house, even though Kurt didn't have one on him at the time. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, they confiscated his stomach medication. What? What? Which seems real. I don't know what exactly he was. Did he have like, a slingshot? Was he it? shooting big pills at him? Like, what was he going to do? <laughs> but also, too, like stomach medication, like, would they take fucking tums or they take like, like, pain well, he had medicine. been prescribed something for once they'd diagnosed what his stomach well, issue was. I'm going to guess it's got to be some kind of pain medication because no one's going to take fucking Pepto out of the house. Yeah. You and know? Yeah. I mean, I guess the thinking is they took it thinking if he took enough of it, it would kill him. And his wife said he was suicidal. So now it's March 18th. It's a couple weeks before Kurt Cobain dies. He's, uh, by all accounts, not on heroin at this point because the stomach issue's been resolved. And Courtney Love calls the police, gets the police there. They take his stomach medication. So that's weird. So, yeah. So the cops did it. The cops probably did yeah. it. Yeah. So I've heard this a bunch before also. Around the end of March, Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love start arguing over Lollapalooza. I mean, that's a big 90s problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that really is. Yeah. We got into, me and the missus got all torn up about Lollapalooza. <laughs> there, but for the grace of God. Yeah, Lala. yeah. That's that's kind of like the Dave Chappelle thing. I think inside the actor's studio, like to, like don't think you're going to turn down twenty million dollars or fifty million dollars, and your wife's just going to be cool with it. Yeah, right, you know? right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's 
uh, kind of what happened. He decides he had been offered headlining Lollapalooza that summer. And look, and Lollapalooza came off of Lollapalooza 93, arguably the lamest Lollapalooza of all of them. Yeah, like it was it was like Lollapalooza kept getting bigger and then Lollapalooza 93 happened and no one liked that. one. Oh, but I mean, you had Woodstock 93 to make up for 94. <laughs> oh, Woodstock it was Woodstock 94. 94. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. yeah. And so he, he apparently had been offered either nine or ten million dollars to uh, have Nirvana headline Lollapalooza. And he didn't want to do it. He wanted to pull out, not do the show, didn't care about the money. And this apparently turns into a big argument between Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. And around this time, he also called the band and said he was breaking up the band. Has that been corroborated by, by Grohl and Novoselic? I think it's it's been it's discussed a lot in mm. just the nirvana history in general that near the end they were yeah pretty much broken up even from what i remember around the time there was this big talk that kurt was gonna go do something solo there was right. a big like oh kurt's gonna go make a solo record and we were supposed to care about that so between pulling out of Lollapalooza and threatening to break up the band courtney love uh gets his management team to stage an intervention and this is how he ends up in that rehab center that he eventually escaped from. They basically told him, you have to go to rehab or we will cut access to your daughter. Yeah. Or we will severely limit access to your daughter if you don't go to rehab. And he's like, well, I'm not doing heroin. But he fucking went to rehab anyway, apparently. And he... It's called the Exodus... Exodus in like, Marina does, Del Rey. Does like like uh, patient doctor patient privilege like prevent people from talking about what his experience was like at the rehab? Because I feel like I never hear much about that. I think so, but there are two psychiatrists who say they talked to him during that brief time he was in rehab, and they also say he was not suicidal. I also want to say Mark Lanigan was with him in one of those rehab things. It was uh, the guy. From the Butthole Surfers. Gilby Clark? Yep. Okay. It was Gilby Clark who was in that rehab with him. And Kurt, like people say he escaped from rehab. But what he actually did is he jumped a wall and left. So yes, he escaped. But the thinking is he, like he's an adult. He could have just walked out. Yeah. But he didn't want everyone to know he left. He yeah. like wanted a jump start on escaping from this rehab, basically. And he... Uh, this is all corroborated with phone records and shit. While he was there, Courtney Love calls Exodus 13 times on the payphone. Yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever called the mental institution payphone? I've done that racket a few times. I have, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. You gotta, and then there's always some disinterested person who'll be like, uh, like who are you calling for? Uh, James is like, I don't know, James. Yeah, I don't know. I'll tell him. He'll call, he'll call you later, maybe. And yeah. he's like, this is the best system we got here? It's still, it's still a payphone? Yeah. I'm going to uh, go ahead and help out the one listener who will for sure want to correct us. Okay. Gibby Haynes is the lead Gibby singer. Gibby Haynes, yeah. yeah. Gilby oh. Clark was a guitar Guns player with Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Axel! Hey, Axel! <laughs> Hi, Axel! Yeah, that's a really famous story. He When he leaves rehab, which I'm jumping ahead a little, but the after he leaves rehab, he first calls Courtney at the Peninsula Hotel in L.A. and says he's spending the night with another woman in California. And then he flies back to Seattle the next morning. And on that flight back to Seattle, he was actually sitting next to Duff McKagan. Holy shit. From Guns and Gilby Roses. Clark. That's it was like it so all crazy. comes together. It is weird, yeah. And Well, Duff McKagan was from Seattle. Right. So that kind of checks out. 
And on April 3rd, Courtney Love calls Tom Grant and says she can't find her husband and she hires him to track him down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Courtney calls Tom Grant? Yeah. Courtney, have you not seen Soaked in Bleach? Not in a long time. <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> yeah, Courtney Love calls Tom Grant basically to help find Kurt Cobain. She's like, I want to sue you a whole bunch in the near future. Can you do me a favor? <laughs> yeah, well, at the, at, at the start, she thought she was just hiring a private investigator. Right. And what's really great about Tom Grant is he recorded everything from this investigation. Every fucking conversation he had, he recorded. And you can go on his website. He, he, he combed her. Yeah, he did. Like, Oh, yeah. And what really, this is a thing that bothers me. This is a quote I came across while researching this. It's from a site called nirvanalegacy.com. And they, they did an article about uh, the Kurt Cobain conspiracy. And this is their quote. Over and over again, what really bothers me is that entire arguments are made on the basis of nothing more than the statements of Tom Grant. You can tell Adam doesn't disagree disagrees with this quote because of how he's reading. <laughs> he claims Courtney was attempting to mislead him or told him things he found untrue. Yet over and again, the only word available is that of Tom Grant. No motherfucker. He recorded everything. Yeah, everything he says. Courtney Love said he has her on tape saying it. Everything he says. Rosemary Carroll, who we'll get to later. Everything he claims she says, he has audio of her saying it. Well, then that changes everything. everything. That's that's from our other podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. People get it. Crossover. Crossover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Globetrotters and Scooby-Doo together at last. <laughs> I liked it when it was Carol Burnett and, <laughs> or no, Sandy Duncan. <laughs> Yo, my, my favorite fucking crossover that I've discovered is uh, the cast of Frasier on Star Trek Voyager as like a sketch for something. And it's a pretty funny sketch, and it's just the Frasier people dressed up like Voyager characters. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like funny to watch. Well, yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So, so uh, on April 4th, Courtney Love calls in a missing persons report. Oh, it's a Kurt. bad day. Pretending to be his hot mom, Wendy. Which oh, is Kurt Cobain's mom hot? Super oh hot. yeah, she's very hot. Allegedly, that's. Can we get a picture of this bitch? And she and and Kurt was very sensitive about it. He did not like that his friends all thought that his mom was hot. Oh really? He, he had a big problem with it. Interesting. Well, that's Courtney Love. That was that's Francis Bean down there. Yeah, yeah that doesn't do anything for me. Her? I mean that's that's yeah. not a that's a pretty that's her but that's a 2014 picture right. yeah I can extrapolate yeah <laughs> yeah you can work backwards from that <laughs> zoom and en zoom and enhance enhance younger uh, we got younger the, we got the one in there with the her and the dad with Here, come the... jump on this keyboard with me like in TV shows <laughs> each operate one side and yeah, make yeah that picture uh, look crisp of course <laughs> crisp yeah man like a like a fresh apple crisp with a T Chris at the Brent. end, like yeah, Nirvana. Put a fucking T on it, people get mad. So on April 4th, she files this missing persons report claiming to be Kurt Cobain's mom. On April 6th, she sends Tom Grant to Seattle to look for Kurt. On April 8th, an electi electrician discovers his dead body in the sunroom above the garage of his home. But wasn't the 4th when they think he really died? See that I I think I know it's before the eighth. Right, like the eighth yeah. was when he was found. Right, but yeah. When did I want to know when he recorded Do Re Mi and all of this? That's such a wonderful tune. I think it was 
January of that year. Okay. I recall from the With the Lights Out box set. Right. I think it was like January or something. Because I always kind of pictured it like while he was on the run from everything. You know, I, that's that's kind of how it, it it played to me just listening to it. It really sounded like he was... Yeah, it could be. You know, it's kind of like just fucking beleaguered by, by all of this shit. Or it was yeah. like literally the last thing, like the tape was still running. Yeah. Like if you played I mean, the whole thing back, there's like a... Oh, there's like a long pause and there's a loud bang. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> it's uh, like, yeah. is it maybe you dropped the record? It's one of the most haunting things you'll ever hear. If you've never listened to it, because it's, it's, like, it's yeah. not a Nirvana song that a ton of people know. No, and it's not no. like super obscure, but go listen to Do Re Mi and Jesus Christ, real, real human pain. Like that's like if you had to like send a tape out to outer space to kind of explain the spectrum of human life, you would probably include Do Re Mi yeah. in your pitch packet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really. And something by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> yeah. Them. Just for your context. And then let's get <laughs> retarded. The original version, my version. Yeah, that song, and it's such a different sound for Nirvana. Had that become a Nirvana song, like the falsetto he's singing. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, I couldn't like, imagine that with like electric guitars, really. Yeah. That feels like a very, uh, you know, like poly or something like it would have to be. Yeah, we did an episode of Heart Shaped Pod about what Nirvana's fourth album would have sounded like. Yeah. There was a version of that and one. There was yeah. a, there's a version of Do Re Mi. There's some band out there that, to their credit, they do really capture Nirvana sound pretty well. Uh-huh. And they've done like full band arrangements of a bunch of those demos and just put Kurt's vocals over them. Oh, that's real cool. And the Do Re Mi one is pretty interesting mm-hmm. i'd like to hear that maybe afterwards i was gonna say also you know you're right is actually really great oh, yeah yeah oh, you know you're right it's amazing but that was yeah. around for a while that had been floating around for a well bit. that was the one where courtney put that on the on the greatest hits because right. she wanted people to buy that and the box and set. you know actually now that i think about it i think you know you're right is the one that was recorded january of that year i thought you know you're right was an outtake from in utero like they had it floating no. around. no no because he did that in a garage with pat smear i remember that yeah, you know you're right was it, it was an actual session for what would have been the for? next Nirvana album. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I love that behind the nut picking that he does. Uh I'm looking it up right now so we can stop <laughs> having this conversation just cuz I'm very curious. Nirvana, when was Do Re Mi recorded? Early 1994. Oh, so yeah, that's that have been the January song. Yeah, composition and release. That, uh, Written by Cobain before his death in April of 1994, so it was in April. Wow. Yeah, Courtney Love explaining it. it was the last thing he wrote in our bed. The chorus was Do, Re, and Me, and Do, Re, and Me, and then it was Me, and then My, IV. Okay, so I guess he changed the lyrics from Do, Re, Do, Re, and My, IV. He asked Rome to freeze his sperm. So that's, uh, I'd asked him after Rome to freeze his sperm. That's weird, Courtney, I guess. Yep. So because you writing, wanted, because you wanted to kill him so you could make more babies right. of him. So he was writing a really melancholy song about what was in his IV around yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. Weird. weird. So this yeah. whole that's th- crazy. So there's this whole thing about freezing your uterus to date. No version of the song has been rewritten. Me and my IV lyrics have been released. Yeah. Oh my God. That's int- I did not know that. That's weird. This is so fucking it's incredible. Also, when you take the Rome thing into account, him writing a sad song talking about his IV is weird. That is a, weird. A medley yeah. of previously unreleased demo versions over 10 minutes long appears on the deluxe edition of the Montage of Heck home recordings released in November 2015. Oh, man, I fucking want to hear the shit out of that. Yeah. I've never heard any other versions of Do Re Mi. I haven't either. I, I haven't have. either. God damn it. That guy, guys, fucking I love right. Nirvana so much. This podcast is over. <laughs> yeah, fucking re- calling it a very... So let's talk about some of the inconsistencies that came up after, because what we just went through, that's kind of the 
the, that's the story that we broad yeah. overview. Yeah, yeah it's the broad that, strokes. That's yeah. the official version. Courtney Love hired a private investigator to try and find Kurt Cobain. Didn't find him in time. He killed himself. And because then, who could think to just stake out the house until he came? Right. Out? Also, too, she hired what would become her personal nemesis. Right. Yeah. Right. Possibly at the point when she already knew her husband was dead. From something she did. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, allegedly. Um, allegedly. Fixed it. Yeah. She is. Uh, Courtney, uh, Courtney Love is really the snidely whiplash of grunge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a month after Cobain died, journalist Duff Wilson. Of course, there's a journalist <laughs> in Seattle named yeah. Duff Wilson. Uh, published a story in the Seattle Times about inconsist- con- inconsistencies in the case. For one, Tom Grant found and shared with the police that someone tried to use Kurt Cobain's credit card after he would have been dead. Well, that's whoa, not... Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> it's strange. So, so, like, fucking Tomb Raiders got to him first <laughs> and then tried to get a six-pack on Kurt? Well, here's the... Here's What's the, your explanation, man? My, I mean, my, here's mine. Is a lot of bands have a corporate card that's attached to the band? Oh. So that, so that when you're on the road and you go, fuck, we're out of strings. But I think fuck, this was of, his personal well then, Co- then then courtney killed him <laughs> <laughs> i mean t- t- travis that's some damn fine devil's uh, devil's advocacy you're doing there that is true yeah um there's also the suicide note connor have you ever seen the suicide note oh yeah man that thing uh it looks like about a 1500 word retirement letter right with Four lines of suicide notes scrawled at the bottom in completely different handwriting. Yeah, in yeah. girls' handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is one of the least convincing suicide notes I've ever seen. Yeah. Because he goes at into so much detail about why he needs to quit music and why he needs to break up the band. And then just all of a sudden at the bottom, it's all it's oh, also I'll be at the at your altar. I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Bye. Yeah. And I thought he was plugging a show at the end. Also, <laughs> uh, I'll be uh, I'll be at uh, check out Francis opening for me at the altar. Yeah, I'll be next uh, week. I'll be at the Jolly Roger <laughs> in North Carolina, the new pirate themed yeah. comedy club. Uh, uh, opening. Come out. <laughs> Doing the poop deck room? Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. <laughs> this is a, this is an, uh, a before the show joke that we're bringing back. You know who had the best suicide note of all time? And I don't. I'm not trying to romanticize suicide. Don't do it. But uh, Hunter S. Thompson, great suicide note. I know that's a classy 24 year old edgy white guy pick, but I mean, it really is. Football season's over. It's a very good read. Yeah, you're, and you're like, God damn, this guy really had it. You yeah, know? <laughs> like he really. He was also an author. You know, it's kind of his thing was like putting oh, yeah. putting together words. But it wasn't. Know? It yeah. wasn't just like a, I'm so sorry, my wife's name. Goodbye, everybody. I love you. It From was... the burning pit of my stomach. Let's put that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though that's already been debunked. <laughs> From the crooked. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Sorry. Goddamn, Alex Jones is back, everybody. You're goddamn right, I am. Shade grown grunge. <laughs> So there's also, uh, well, there's the gun. There, this is well known. No legible fingerprints on the gun, which he did not bring a friend. That's hey. that's strange. Better to <laughs> what was it? Better to better to what is the thing, fucking thing he says? The Neil Young quote. It's better to burn out than fade away. Yeah, better yeah. to not leave a f- fingerprint <laughs> than to. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> But that is weird that there were, and also on the shells, there's no fingerprints on the gun. So he put on some gloves, you know. Yeah, and it was then, cold. It's fucking cold up north. And then yeah, took him true, off yeah. after he shot himself in the head. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, a Simple. chicken could walk around yeah. for a few minutes, and <laughs> who wants to die with gloves on? I'm not a fucking... If you cut the head off of a grunge rocker, he can ro- walk around for a while, record do re me, and take gloves off. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people don't know that. That's just how for up it works to several out. hours, they can d- smoke cigarettes in plaid. <laughs> and go charge things. <laughs> yeah. There's also the heroin in his system, which that is... The question there is... Could he have operated this shotgun with this much heroin in oh, his system? Oh, how much heroin was it? Well, <laughs> how much heroin, heroin was it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a shitload. 70 times higher than the amount that would kill an average person. What? Whew. Yeah. Uh, if he'd been off heroin, and the, and the thing is, think about if he'd been off heroin. See, here's here's we're getting more into the conspiracy part here, but... One way uh, uh, you could conceivably kill Kurt Cobain in this situation, if he had not been doing heroin up to this point and you show up and somehow talk him into doing heroin again, just it's just a small amount. You'll be fine. Yeah. If but you get him the good shit. If that's pure heroin, you're going to kill him. That's how Harris Whittles passed away. Is he, yeah. uh, you know, he went to go do a, a, a normal Fast size, too. yeah, yeah, a normal size dose and then just it was too much. Yeah. Well, I mean, Okay, in the world where someone's killing Kurt Cobain, you could take the... You mean the world, the, the real the world. The world that we live in. Uh, it's the world I know. Uh, no, all right. Uh, I, I got the... You got you. The, yeah, you selective soul yeah. Thank reference. You. Yeah. Grandma, take me home, am I right, guys? <laughs> I'm just saying we could take the plot device from an episode of The Wire and give him a hot dose, and he just... You, you, you make it filled with poison and not heroin, and he thinks he's injecting heroin, and he's out. Sounds like you need a hot dose of shade, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you could, but also his history was recovering from heroin over. Right, but if you're like, oh yeah. look, he he relapsed and he did too much. Boom, you don't have to do the shotgun shit. Right, but also by that same line of thinking, how do you do the shotgun shit? Like if you're him and you've injected this much heroin. There's also medical reports that say there were pinpricks in both arms, as uh, if he shot up twice. Like he'd gotten kind of confused after he was high, and then, you know. Or maybe the first injection didn't kill him. Like, I like to imagine them just repeatedly injecting Kurt with heroin, and he just keeps waking up like, what's going on? What are you guys doing? And then they're just like, fuck it, shoot him! Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can see, I mean, it, if you're going to commit, like, a high-profile assassination... You know, think about how stressed I know I'm walking in there. You know, I'm getting my five thousand bucks in a brown paper bag. I'm just like, oh, fuck, dude, he's still moving. OK, well, put, put some in, in, in his other arm. You know, I'm like, it's I feel like you turn into like the, the burglars from home alone. Like, sure. you know, it's like a yeah. tough thing. They probably is probably is their first rodeo. You probably don't get you don't, probably don't kill rock stars. Well, that yeah, often. if you're getting El Duce to do it, which is the story, he's probably right. not. The, but, but then, then oh, not, yeah, that is a pretty. You know, I get that he's not the most credible witness, but neither is Courtney Love. But I like the idea that Cobain was a fucking heroin endurance athlete. Like yeah. he was just yeah. like running a marathon of heroin. Like you couldn't OOD him. He just was like too, he had too much heart and he the, had too much heroin heart. What's interesting is it sounded like he finally wanted to live, man. Yeah. You know, like he figured out the stomach shit. He was, you yeah. know, and what's in, there's another documentary that claims to have debunked this idea that Kurt Cobain couldn't have fired a shotgun with that much heroin in his system. And that they, was the darkest episode of Mythbusters, <laughs> where they just got super high and tried to shoot each other. They show a guy standing on one leg who they say had just taken this that same amount of heroin. Why but, one leg? 
Well, just to show that, well, I just took this much and I can still just stand here on one leg. Of course you could fire a shotgun. But that guy, one, did not take heroin. He took morphine and two, took it orally, which is so fucking right miles away from injecting your heroin. Heroin, as I understand it, when you inject it. The whole thing's in you right now. Yeah, you're it's good. Right, to, yeah. yeah, that's where you're trying to get it. Is your when you take that shit orally, it you're like, oh, it's been like an hour. I'm starting to feel really fucked up. And this uh, in 1997, it's like okay, we gave this guy a caveman coffee, and this other guy just listened to a, a, a rollicking Chuck Berry song. You know, and it's like they should be exactly as amped up equally. <laughs> Caveman coffee. Do you want to be a workout dick and have coffee? Caveman <laughs> coffee. In 1997, Unsolved Mysteries took Kurt Cobain's autopsy report. <laughs> oh, thank God we got Robert Stack on the case. <laughs> but this is pretty pretty compelling. <laughs> In search of with Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> they took it. Ripley's Believe It or Not with Jack Palance tries to find out. <laughs> they took it to a guy named Cyril Wecht, who was the president of the American Academy of Forensic Science. Fucking stupid Science. names. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a tough one. Cyril Wecht. This is a My name is Cyril Wecht. <laughs> I'm here to debunk the, the death of Kurt Cobain. This is a quote from him. For most people, including addicts, this is a significant level. And for most of them, the great percentage, it will be a level that will induce a state of unconsciousness quite quickly. We're talking about seconds, not minutes. I just can't tell you it would have been impossible but it does raise a question as to whether or not he shot that shotgun. Uh-oh. If it was a suicide, he probably would have had to be holding the gun in his hand while he was injecting himself with the heroin and then shot himself immediately after the injection. I cannot think of a case in which someone injects himself with a large amount of heroin and then proceeds to kill himself. It just doesn't make sense. And that's a thing I've actually heard is that among heroin addicts, suicide is not that common. Dude, because being Dying on heroin is common. Right. Yes, exactly. Dope. Yeah. Right. Heroin feels great. I mean, there's there's people that'd be like, well, heroin saved my life because I had something to live for for a while. I liked being high. Right. right. And and it's, it's like if you if you if you catch that first wave and the the nod hits you, you're like, well. I can kill myself later. Like yeah. right now, I'm I'm in Malibu. I'm on the beach. Yeah. It's just it's a drug that doesn't lend itself to suicide. It's yeah. not that kind or of Or if drug. it does, it's your Lane Staley suit. It's death by well, heroin yeah, over like a decade, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh this is another quote from Denise Marshall, who is a deputy coroner in Colorado. When I saw the Colorado, blood, Colorado, well, That's they said he died, but they said like people have been investigating this forever. And sometimes you just reach out to, hey, you know, blood evidence. Can you look at this and tell me hey, you're in Colorado? Most people just are alive there. You want to look into this dead guy? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she's a coroner. She okay. looks at dead bodies for a living and she she's seen stuff like this. Plus her last name's Marshall, like the amps that Kurt <laughs> like to use. Pretty cool tie in. This is a quote. When I saw Uh, this is a Gary Jagstang. (laughs) (laughs) When I saw the blood morphine results of the toxicology test, I asked myself, how could he have pulled the trigger? It would have been virtually impossible. But that's the thing, Kurt, man. He was always breaking barriers. He was always finding new ground. Sounds to me like he had himself a cup of shade grown Arabica beans, giving you the get up and go to get up and go. Away forever and leave your daughter to be raised by a psychopath. <laughs> Deprive the world of some of the greatest music that never got to be seen. 
Oh my god. That's that's how. That's like, what, if all, what if all his conspiracy theories just promote his products? It's like, well, I mean, George Washington, if he would have had fluoride peppermint blend that I have in my warehouse right now in Austin, Texas, he'd be with us today. Wouldn't have had those wooden teeth. No. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. So, uh, one of my favorite pieces of evidence in this whole thing, and it's they break it down really well in the Soaked for Bleach documentary, is the shotgun shell. If you've ever seen a shotgun, those shells eject one direction every time. And that... The, the boy band? Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And Kurt Cobain's, the shell was found to the left of his body. But the way he was holding the gun, the shell should have been on the right. Oh! Ooh. And the way police explain this, it's actually kind of absurd. They claim when he pulled the trigger, the gun flipped in his hand, and that's why the shell's over here, but the where the shell should be is pointing over here. It could have bounced off of something. It could have had a weird... But that's the thing. Right? Uh, there's nothing next to him. Uh, if you look at the crime scene photos, if it bounced off something, it could have been another person. By the way, I'd recommend... <laughs> someone else's arm. I'd recommend not looking at the crime scene photos. They're terrifying. There are some that... I don't think I've ever looked at Oh, there's, it's not good. Yeah, no. It's it's, I'm, I, I have a very weak stomach for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't really want to see it. But the, the shotgun shell evidence is really fucking compelling because there's no reason that shell should what it seems like is that the person who killed him shot him and forgot to turn the gun upside down oops when they pulled the trigger and then just didn't know enough about ballistics like they shot him then put the gun in the right position in his hand so wait the gun's facing the wrong way in the the gun is facing yeah the gun is basically facing the opposite direction of where the shell casing is and it should not but B. all right, if I'm gonna shoot, myself. I feel like also if you if you shot someone in the head, like the blood splatter, wouldn't you be able to look at the floor and see like, oh, there's an area like about the breadth of a man in front of Kurt where there's no blood on the ground because it clearly hit this person, you know? Yeah, but if you're shooting him from the front, it's it's, it's gonna, mostly going to the back, but it's gonna, it's going everywhere. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's the the soaked in bleach documentary really covers it. Pretty well. When they find him, is the trigger up or is the trigger down? I don't, I don't remember exactly. Like I, again, you would have to watch it, but they, I believe the trigger is da is up. Oh, like, that's weird. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. You're also trying to like dissect how a person would kill themselves. It's like, well, I would do it with the trigger down, so I could. Yeah, you know. but also, it's this is the what's frustrating to me about the Kurt Cobain conspiracy is it's the kind of thing where people will take everything and go, Oh, well, but this, but when you take all, all of it, it together, into it's, account it's kind together, of a lot. Are you, you are you a bunk a lot for this to um, not, are you, are you just playing devil's advocate? Or are you like a Courtney didn't do a guy? I don't know if Courtney did it. Uh, See, I, I don't know either. I'm not uh, saying I'm just curious. I'm just curious what the, what the thing with the shotgun was because, because to me, <laughs> The, the the old hat way to do it is trigger down like that. If it's yeah. trigger up, then someone didn't know how to put the gun back right. Then yeah, that's yeah. suspicious. But the whole thing is, best case scenario, a 27-year-old killed himself right. who had everything to live for and a daughter. Yeah. So you kind of want to go, God, I really want there to be a fucking crime here. Yeah. yeah, but it's still that shotgun shot. Like, I'm probably not explaining it perfectly. You would have to watch the documentary, but they 
it's really fucking compelling. That shotgun shell should not have been where it was. There is... The explanation the police used is that the gun flipped in his hand. When you die this way, your fist cl- like the gun would not move. Also, guns that don't. Way. D- I don't know. I've. I don't. I, oh, and there's also they they explain this in there for him to have fired the gun in the position he was holding it, he would have basically had to break his wrist. There was no way for him (laughs) to hold that gun and shoot himself that way. And they again, they do a really good job covering it in that. If nothing else, watch that part of the documentary, because that's that to me is the most compelling thing is why did that shotgun shell move the way it did? And the official explanation doesn't make sense from a medical standpoint. Well, um, do you talk about the driver's license? Did you get into any of that stuff? That yeah, the driver's well, license was set out, right? Because but, that's not really what happened. Yeah, it was actually yeah. a cop who the took cop it out it to there, photograph but it. The story became that he knew what he was going right. to look like, so he left that out to be discovered, so people would know it was him. Right? When that's not although, I mean, it happened in his son house. Like, I think you might be able to, like, <laughs> all right, well, he's wearing plaid. Is that Mark I mean. Arm from Mud Honey? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> <a> good pull, Adam. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about Rosemary Carroll. That's the the last thing we'll talk about before we get out of here. All right. She was the Cobain's entertainment lawyer, and Kurt often described her as a surrogate mother. And among all the people who think Kurt Cobain was murdered, she is the most adamant that Kurt Cobain was murdered. And again, Tom Grant recorded every fucking conversation he had with her. She actually tried to file a lawsuit to get him not to release the tapes at one point because of all the crazy shit she said that she didn't like she wanted Courtney Love arrested. She just didn't want to lose her as a client, I think. Oh, man. (laughs) Which is sad. Showbiz, baby. Yeah. And she, uh, among other things, for one, says that uh, after the March 18th thing, Kurt Cobain called her and asked to have Courtney Love removed from the will. Oh, shit. Mm. And But she's not. She still gets Nirvana money. Because he died before it could <laughs> yeah, happen. Yeah, before. I mean, it probably uh. takes a little bit to go change a will. And I mean, come on. You just put that on a Google Doc. You fucking change the name. You're yeah, done. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> fine. You know, those 1994 <laughs> Google Docs. It was very easy. Legal Zoom. If Legal Zoom had been around, Kurt Cobain might still be alive. Yeah, no, the fucking. Yeah, I mean, that, that does kind of add an element of like, oh, clock's ticking. Yeah. You know? And also, uh, he wanted to he wanted to divorce Courtney Love. That's what yeah, yeah, Rosemary yeah. Carroll says. But what's really fucking crazy, and this is also talked about a lot in that documentary, on April 6th, which is still shortly before we find Kurt Cobain's body, Courtney Love visited Rosemary Carroll and accidentally left behind a backpack. Rosemary Carroll went through that backpack and she found, among a bunch of other shit, two pieces of paper. One of them was a to-do list that said, get arrested. What? (laughs) And the next day, April 7th, Courtney Love was arrested after a drug overdose. So there's that. And then the other sheet of paper was handwriting practice. It was literally her practicing Kurt's handwriting as if she was going to forge a note at some point in the future. This Wait, is the handwriting practice Kurt's yeah. Oh, weird. They show it in that in that documentary. You see the the sheet of paper. What is she writing? 
I mean, yeah, you might. It's just like letters. And yeah, shit. yeah. Oh, you, you might, you might find Kurt has written some kind of journal entry, and then be like, you know, if I tacked on a few sentences. Well, that's that's I think one of the the theories. Yeah. is that my thought was I was wondering if she was trying to forge some documents to like fucking get all. If she's going to go visit the lawyer, if well, she you, was you'd, there, have to, you'd have to have a note to Republic, wouldn't you? Yeah. You wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, I feel like you court, couldn't show up at this point. She's murdered her husband. I'm sure she could forge a notary as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, but it could also be her practicing to add those lines at the end of that. That seems most likely to suicide me. note. That seems super likely. And Rosemary Carroll said at one point that everything in that letter is just a pastiche of things he'd written in his journal before. Here's what's weird in in the in the world that we live in where Courtney did all of these things, allegedly she's bad at covering it up, but we'll get to in the next episode. I mean, she got why. away with it, you know? Yeah. She got away with it. They're so, not, we're not talking about this on CNN. We're talking about this on the Unpops <laughs> podcast network, right. which is a great platform, but it's like, this is not the, the narrative in but popular culture this is the Oliver Stone moment. This is the JFK film that reopens <laughs> the investigation. Yeah. Which, uh, weirdly enough, Oliver Stone comes up at some point. Uh, He always does. Him (laughs) and Alex Jones, they always show up. Do we have actually, are there photographs of the handwriting practice and the other thing that uh, Rosemary Carroll is claiming to exist? Uh, Let's see. Well, it's in that documentary. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. (laughs) Courtney Love, handwriting practice, murder. Yeah. Sure enough, I would fucking hate to be... Son of a bitch. How about that? God damn. It is literally just a sheet of her practicing... Shit, god damn. ...someone else's handwriting. Who needs to remind themselves... If you're Courtney Love, you have to remind yourself to get arrested. That is tattooed (laughs) on your brain at all times. Yeah, Courtney Love should have a note that says, don't get arrested. Yeah, let's just look at the... Let's look at the suicide note just real quick. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Just to, I mean, oh, it's so infuriating because you're like, God damn it. So do you think this is all fake then? The suicide note? Yeah. It could be. The whole thing? But that it would, it would be a lot to fake. And this has undergone handwriting analysis that is dubious, you know? It's, it's gone under, uh, undergone handwriting analysis. It, again, in the Soaked for Bleach documentary, they... Oh, I forgot it's Tubata, his imaginary friend who had to go serve in Vietnam. Yep. That's Mm. such a great story. His parents. parents. Have you ever heard that? He had an imaginary friend as a kid, and his parents told him that imaginary friend got drafted into the Vietnam (laughs) War. That's how you make a rock star, (laughs) man. So, yeah, the like, if you just look at the suicide note. Oh, my God. We'll post it somewhere. But that. The I- it looks so different at the end. Also, the yeah. idea that okay, if we're if we're going with the theory that this is uh, Courtney doing it, she tells herself to keep going, keep going, Courtney. She also puts a little smiley face after her name. Sure. That was a cute touch. Yeah. yeah, that's a wink, wink. I'm doing this. <laughs> so there's that. There's what Rosemary Carroll found. There's also Michael Callie Dewitt who was their live-in nanny and a purported gun nut. Mm. Interestingly enough, he's the guy in drag on the CD label of the In Utero album. Oh, no kidding. Which okay. I think is probably in liner notes and shit okay. also in the other versions. But uh, there are phone records of her being in constant contact with Michael DeWitt, who was at the Cobain house at the time, the entire time this investigation's happening. And then at one point, Tom Grant finds a letter from Michael DeWitt 
like chastising Kurt for having come to the house and not saying hi. And what Tom Grant and Rosemary Carroll both took away from that letter was that it was him covering up his involvement in Kurt's death. Oh, shit. Or just knowing Kurt was dead and wanting to, like, wash his hands of it. Yeah. They find this letter on April, the night of April 7th. Callie, Michael Callie DeWitt boarded a flight for L.A. a few hours before they found that letter. Fuck. So he wrote this letter and got the fuck out of town. And then there's El Duce. Man, this I is love the this last guy. thing. Have you ever seen the Kurt and Courtney documentary? I don't think I've seen that one specifically. That, that was like a mid-90s, late-90s one, and they have El Duce on camera. They're like, tell us what you said earlier. He's like, Courtney gave me $50,000 to kill. Is this it? With Divine Browns. This is oh, amazing. Yeah. I've watched Close, this shit. Evan Cassidy got me on this. What's interesting, there's a more interesting version of this on YouTube, but the sound quality is so bad, I didn't want to play it on the podcast. But it's El Duce backstage at a mentor show, and someone is like, tell us about Kurt and Courtney. And he tells this six-minute story with so many more details about Courtney Love offering him money to kill Kurt Cobain. But here he comes now. Courtney Love, there it is. This is him, Jeez, El he is terrifying. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is the... <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the kind the of guy booze. who does that when you meet him for the first time. Yep, looks off the camera right away. He's just a perverted... Yep. Is he grilling uh, right now, or is that a fly That's swatter. a fly swatter. Fly swatter. Okay. He is grilling with but it. But my Don't question make no stands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of the time. All right, so this is interesting. So, but you, uh, you did some deal with Courtney, right? Yeah. <laughs> she offered me 50 grand to whack Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I was telling you. She what? 50 grand to whack Kurt Cobain. And that's that, that's a fact, is it? <laughs> but uh, people might think you're not the most reliable witness. Well, that's too bad. You may not be the reliable witness your own self. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Now think about that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? When she offered me money, God dang, I wish I would have taken it, man. But I, right there, I believe him. Yeah, the I fact that he's willing to go on record and say, "I wish I took it." But how were you going to whack him? Did she tell you how to do it? Yeah, blow his fucking head off. So she where were you going to find him to do it? Well, up there, and uh, she gave you know mapped it out. I mean, you know, up there in uh, Bellevue, wherever they live, right outside Seattle. I know right where the house is. I know right what what uh, garden pop him in. I just, I just didn't, didn't think she was serious. But did she tell you how she wanted you yeah, to pop him? Yeah, she just blow his fucking head off. I got the shotgun. But she didn't say anything about Make making it look, it look like, like, like a suicide. suicide. Well, yeah, but if you just blew his brains out like you said, it wouldn't look like suicide. It looked like you blew his brains right. out, right? But uh, I told Alan, I mean, uh, my friend, who... That part's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll let the FBI catch him. But... Uh, <laughs> So, and then like that night he was hit by a train. That <laughs> night, according to, like, it's not just, not according to, we know for a fact El Duce died by getting hit by a train very shortly after giving that interview. Like the yeah. next fucking day. Yeah. You know, a train. 
the thing I mean, that you here's can the, see, here's the one you thing. know where it's going to be. Here's the thing. El Duce looks like a guy who gets hit by a train. Sure. He looks like a guy who that happens to an accident. He looks sure. like a guy who goes, I bet you I can outlast this train, and then flunk. <laughs> but the guy he mentioned, Alan, a lot of people believe is... This guy, you Alan Wrench. Ch- you can go check him out on Twitter. His name's Alan Wrench. He is a former uh, punk musician. I know who Alan Wrench is. Do you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's even a picture on a there's like a Facebook page about the death of Kurt Cobain, and there is a picture that claims to be Kurt Cobain right around the time he died with Alan Wrench. Wearing the shirt that he fucking died in. And this was taken at Seattle. Oh, that's the shirt that he died in? Yeah. The Boris and Natasha shirt? And they do have the same jaw. They have the guy's face blacked out. But Alan yeah. Wrench in a uh, the book Love and Death, The Murder of Kurt Cobain, written by Ian Wallace and Max Halperin. Alan Wrench says this when they asked about Cobain's death, uh, whether it was a murder or suicide. Suicide all the way. Because I don't want to incriminate myself. Oh! Uh, this does feel like it could be just like a like a washed up punk rocker trying yeah. to cling to relevance. But yeah, uh, yeah that El Duce interview, I'm always like, oh yeah, she did. Because it's like, I wish I would have took it. He's like, he's going to die anyway. I live in San Bernardino. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. wearing a shirt that says San Bernardino on it. Yeah. The and official shirt of getting hit by a train. <laughs> right. by the way. If you For uh, 50 grand, you can buy San Bernardino. <laughs> you could, yeah. The Detroit of California. <laughs> Everyone should, uh, if you're interested in this more, go out to YouTube and find the other El Duce interview about this. It's They're backstage at a show, and there's people talking, so playing it on the podcast would have been right. a nightmare. But he goes into way more detail about where he was when Courtney Love approached him and what the plan was supposed to be. It's like six minutes long. It's pretty fucking interesting. And yeah. El Duce is E-L space D-U-C-H-E. Right. No, it's no H. D U C E. D U C E. Yeah. Come yeah. on, Travis. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I add the H. So that's because I'm fancy. That's that's the Kurt Cobain conspiracy. I'm Jesus still Christ. on board with the fact that he was probably murdered. Yeah, I mean when you when you look at it as uh, some of its parts, it's kind of like okay, there is a two, one or two things. Meh. Right. Twelve things, you know. And we'll get into on the next episode, because the obvious question from there is, well, why haven't the police ever investigated it? Like, why? Because a a really sloppy police investigation is definitely an aspect of the Kurt Cobain death. Yeah. And in the next episode, we'll get into maybe why there wasn't more of an investigation. And that's when shit gets really weird. And that's when it changes. Everything changes. And here's something we think you'll really like. (laughs) So, yeah, next week we're going to talk about Courtney Love, the CIA, and MKUltra. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know all about MKUltra, and you know it's real. MKUltra Mega OK. That's the uh, (laughs) sound garden. garden. There there you go. So come back for that, motherfuckers. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? This is a Patreon-only episode. Oh. Thanks for subscribing, baby. Hey, guys. Yeah. When's when's, when's this bad boy dropping? This will be early... April, I believe. 
Okay. All All right. Right. I don't want to plug what other thing me and Travis are doing yet, just in case. Just in case. Uh, <laughs> you can listen to Heart Shape Pod, yes. uh, which is also on Unpops, and we will talk a lot more about Nirvana and a lot more about how some of these people have had very complicated lives and complicated intertwinedness. Yeah. So complicated. Uh, in terms of other things, you can follow me on social media at Mr. Travis Clark on Instagram and Twitter, and I will be at the... Unpops uh, show on the 21st of uh, April. Telling April some, 21st. Yeah, I'll be uh, conspiracy that I'm booked. Is uh, <laughs> why I'm on that. And uh, yeah, come by. That'll be fun. I, uh, Connor, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the road with the Mean Boys all during the month of April. Going to Wisconsin, Chicago, Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Philadelphia, D.C., and New York City. Uh, tickets for those shows are all online at MeanBoysPodcast.com. They're all 10 bucks or cheaper. We're very funny. It'll be the kind of show you can go see and still fuck afterwards. So don't be intimidated by my salty demeanor. <laughs> and if, what if they wanted to get some coffee for that show? Well, I'll tell you where you'd go. You'd need to have a whole crew of Sherpa. Was escorting you through the ravines and just swinging across the various rope bridges and going through the haunted ruins until you finally communicate with the lost tribe of the Jewish people that have relocated down to El Salvador to find those shade-grown Arabica beans. <laughs> Go listen. The ad's got to be somewhere. It's the funniest shit. We'll play it in between episodes here. But yeah. Uh, oh, also, I'll be on tour in May with Chet Wild. Come to that. We're starting May 16th in Chicago. We're doing a whole bunch of shit. Let's Hell get yeah, out dude. of here. Connor, say goodbye. Goodbye. I'll get Chicago wet for you. Yeah. Travis, say goodbye. Uh, I'll dry up all those cities. I'm Travis. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.